Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join all you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Well, well, I mean, well, happy Thanksgiving week. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. Listen, the team got something so special for you for the holidays. We know many of you are, you know, traveling with relatives, planning the Thanksgiving Day. So we did something special for this week. They went into the Savage Golden Radio Vault, blew the safe open, and got a show for you from 2009, a radio show I did live while I shared thoughts on Thanksgiving, memories, politics of the day, and you can hear me teaching staff how to correctly cook a turkey. And then you'll hear callers from 2009 in the great days of radio, the days when radio was still great, and callers sharing their own recipes and traditions right here on the Michael Savage Thanksgiving podcast. Thanks for listening. I could read you the headlines. You've heard them all. You know that Obama is the biggest spender in American history for a first-year president. You know he spent nearly double what Bush did. You know that the man is out of control. He's like King Ludwig II of Bavaria. Look it up. He is King Ludwig II bankrupting the Treasury. And he knows a shocking thing to see that he's going to do a special with Oprah Winfrey on ABC. It's as though he's hiding between two strong, big women, Oprah and his wife, because he knows he's in trouble. He knows he's been found out. That's the end of the political show. Now I want to talk about how to cook a turkey. And that is because I, I cook the turkey around my house because I like to do it. I like the smell of the food in the house. I like the, the, the whole baking deal. Anyway, the thing is this. Most people don't know how to cook a turkey. On one hand, it's easy. You follow the directions, 350 an hour, you know, a certain number of minutes per hour, blah, blah, blah. And you get a turkey. What, what's there to it? Like everything else, there are tricks to the trade. For example, my housekeeper said, do you know that it's not a good idea to wash the bird? I said, what are you talking about? It's been done for thousands of years. She said, oh, no, I heard on a television show that it's not a good idea to wash the bird because you actually spread the bacteria around. I said, the doctor's a schmuck. Whoever has a television show and said that to you is a putz who never cooked a day in his life. Of course you don't just spray water on a, on a, on a, on a, on a bird. So let's start from the top. Beowulf, are you there? Beowulf is my producer. Right here, sir. Now, you're married with children, and you're going to cook your first turkey. Is that correct? That's right. This is the first time my uh, wife is laid up with uh, kind of a hurt neck, so I'm going to be doing it uh, myself for the first time all the way through. All right. Now, don't, don't be intimidated. There isn't there. On one hand, as I say, it's easy. It's very much like sex itself. And <laughs> you can, in other words, you can just do it, and it'll be done, or you can do it with finesse. So we're going to talk about finesse, Beowulf. Fair enough. Let, let us start with the uh, turkey itself. Is it still in its original packaging material? It's still in its packaging, still in the refrigerator. How long has it been there? It has been there for two days. Here's what I suggest. When you get home tonight after the show, mm -hmm. you, get a, you get a nice apron on 
have a glass of whatever your beverage is because you're going to get soaking wet and you're going to mess up the sink. Don't worry about it. You, you know what you're going to do. Get the wrapping off. Okay, got it. Immediately. Unwrap the thing tonight. Don't do it tomorrow. And start to wash it. Got now, it. you got to take out all of the uh, giblets from the inside of the cavity. That's a given, right? All the innards. Okay, right. All right. Take, make sure the innards are out. And because they're going to be rinsed separately now. I mean, sounds like a, a logical thing to do. Many people right. cook the turkey, not even know that there's the, 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 the body parts are inside the thing. The organs are in there. They cook it with the bag on it. Yeah, that, that, that much right now. All right, fine. I'm sure you did. Now, you start to wash it, and you wash every aspect of the bird under the wing, in the wing, under the leg, in the wing, in the cavity, till those, the blood stops running. Okay. Then rinse the sink out thoroughly, Beowulf, okay? okay got it. So there's no longer any red in it, none of the goo. Okay. Now get out the kosher salt. If you don't have kosher, use regular. But the, the thick salt is the main thing. Gotcha. And you salt that bird in and out. Now you say, well, I don't want to serve salty food to my, to my family. I don't want to raise their blood pressure. You're absolutely right. But you're not going to be serving them a salty bird. What you're doing is a, a modified koshering of the bird, which has been used since the beginning of time to preserve meats rapidly, kill the bacteria on contact immediately, and in a natural manner. So you soak the bird with salt, leave it on only for a few minutes, Beowulf, okay. and then once again with ice-cold water, don't use hot water. You know why not to ever wash a, a bird with, with uh, hot water, right? That, that's going to add bacteria, right? The hot water will actually possibly encourage bacterial growth, number one. Uh, the cold water will limit the bacterial growth. So again, you're going to soak the bird and you're going to wash the skin outside. You're going to wash the cavity inside. And then you're going to dry the bird. And then what are you going to do when you put it away tonight before you cook it for tomorrow? Uh, I'm, I'm lost. I, I'm following your instructions to the letter, sir. All right. So all you do now is simple. You dried the bird after you washed the salt off it. Mm -hmm. You've it. now killed the 99% of the bacteria on the skin and inside the cavity with the heavy salt treatment. You've washed it out. And now you're going to put some oranges inside the cavity of the bird. Orange. Why do I suggest oranges? What? Yeah, because orange. overnight... The oranges will add a certain flavor to the inside of the poor little animal that's died, that's dead in your refrigerator. It will suffuse the meat of the turkey even before cooking it. And, uh, and then you could just salt it if you want, again, very lightly if you'd like to do that tonight. And again, to pr protect the, the, the bird from a bacterial invasion. That, that's all there is to the starting point. Now, do you want to go into the cooking stuff? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Somebody told me that I should put stuffing in in order to... Uh cook properly is that correct or is that a fallacy? well if you put stuffing in it it's going to slow the cooking down you okay. know that correct okay so that'll change the cooking time enormously because it sucks heat stuffing is a whole separate story and i know you know how to do that with breadcrumbs and all sure sure right did, did you did you already dry old bread um i i got a, a special mix for it all right that's the f okay as i say it's like sex so you can do it in varieties of <laughs> the easy when you get older and you got finesse, you don't use the bag variety. You make your own. All right, it's that's what comes with time. You'll see as you get older, you start you start to do things a little more of uh, finesse. And you're not going to use bagged uh, stuffing next next year. Okay. And, and after you pass the age of forty, you'll start really getting crazy. You'll dry the bread a week in advance. You'll see how it goes. By the time you're sixty, you'll never make another turkey in your life. You'll only take them out to a restaurant. <laughs> One step at a time, sir. Right. <laughs> anyway, we'll deal with the cooking later. Okay. But I'm going to I'm telling you what, Beowulf, it's simple and it's not simple because I've ruined turkeys over the years and over the last 5 years I've become an expert. Turkeys, you know, an ordinary animal. I'll tell you what we're going to do, Beowulf, for fun today in the Savage Nation. Just for a few minutes we're going to stop worrying about Obama and his insanity. 
Uh, we'll stop comparing Obama to the King Ludwig II of Bavaria because it's too apt a comparison for the average person to even understand. Here is a man who does is going to go to a global warming summit and, and ruin America's economy even further, even though it came out that the whole thing is a fraud through the emails that were, were hacked. Can you believe this, Beowulf? How does he get away with living in such a bubble? How can the man march around in such a fraudulent bubble? If you have a favorite turkey recipe that you'd like to share with the Savage Nation, you can do it now. Uh, now, let's say you're going to do a turkey dinner tomorrow. You're a family person. You enjoy it. It's your happiest holiday. It's true for all of us, right? Uh, what if you get the crack, the cranks who are going to come to dinner with the dietary restrictions? I mean, I've had them over the years. I generally throw them out of the house. If they say I'm a vegan only or lacto-ovo or no gluten, that's the latest hula hoop now. Oh, no gluten. They think they've discovered something. I'm, oh, I've discovered that I'm a, a celiac and a, a, I don't use gluten. I feel a thousand percent better. The guy looks as fat as he did before the diet. Suddenly everything is better in his life. He thinks he discovered the, the holy rose, you know what I mean? No gluten now is the latest one. Then another one's lactose intolerant, no dairy. Another one's allergic to peanuts, and they start, uh, did you cook anything in that soup? Did it have a peanut in it so much as a fragment of a skin of a peanut? Because if there's even a fragment, I'm leaving, and I'm going to sue you tomorrow. Then another one won't eat anything with shrimp. Another one won't eat anything with complex carbohydrates. And another lunatic, usually the young, emaciated girls who wind up in psychiatric wards by 19, they come there from junior high school and say, the mother says for them, Oh, Audrey won't eat anything with a face on it. Oh, how cute. How sophisticated. The girl's wasting away like with a wasting disease. And no dark meat, someone will say. You know what I say? If you, know, if you have such dietary restrictions, keep them to yourself. Eat what you can from the meal and don't make an issue of it. Don't make everyone look at you. You know what I mean? We're not that interested in all your problems. Now let's go on to the callers. This is far more important. See, I knew I'd get a caller on the Navy SEALs being charged for punching a terrorist in the face. I knew that. I knew that we'd get a caller on uh, on Obama. I knew we'd get a caller on the Middle East. I knew it. I knew it would happen. But, uh, yeah, I will throw it in in the mix. I am so not interested anymore right now today. Swine flu vaccine may be available to all within weeks. I'm not taking it. You can take mine. Take my dose, please. If you want my dose, you can have it. Fewer Americans believe in global warming, polls shows. Best Buy ad touting Muslim holiday sparks debate. I will let that one go. Approval of Obama on Afghan war dives. Obama faces white flight. Duh. I wonder how that happened. I wonder how that happened since he had Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, Jeremiah Wright, and a few others in the White House. I wonder why there's white flight all of a sudden. Could it be because they are the largest majority ethnically in America and they're going to pay the most taxes? Is that possible? What else is in the news? Uh, Georgia Church, Robert, sorry I'm poor. What's this? Oh, they're reviewing this guy's book. Who cares? Blogger accused of crime subpoena. I'm not interested. I'm just so not interested in any of this news. Rhode Island officers can now compel blood alcohol sampling from drunken driving suspects. The new law is welcomed by the law enforcement community. Blood alcohol sampling. I mean, they can draw blood now on the road? That's sort of very uh, vampirish. I saw a TV show last night. I'm going to throw the TV out of the window. Because I had nightmares like you can't believe. 
I was bored. I was searching for a movie. Unluckily, I went through HBO, which is the most degenerate network in history. And as I'm going through, there's a show on. No, no, it wasn't HBO. I take it back. They're the most degenerate network in history, but it's not where I stopped. I couldn't watch the repo show anymore. The slobs with that tattoos. I can't take it. How did they become movie stars? Lowlifes. All of a sudden, they're movie stars. Repo this. They look like circus freaks from Coney Island to me. I can't watch it anymore. First of all, most of it's staged, number one. Number two, I'm not a big fan of re repossession people. They were never like my favorite human beings. They had to repo a car because you missed a payment. And then suddenly, they're a social hero. I'm searching, and I pass a show something, the hidden story of housewives. So I said, well, what's this garbage? They pulled out a, an ugly broad, one of the ugliest I've ever seen in my life. I know, like Vera from Orange County or Orlando. She's secretly a dominatrix. I said, secretly a dominatrix? Just take a look at this woman. The woman doesn't have to be secretly anything. She was, she, her face says I'm a dominatrix. Stay away from me. But it gets worse. She puts on teeth, like vampire teeth, and goes to a club for psychos where she beats them up and whips them. I never saw anything like this in my entire life. I know that if there's a heaven, the people in heaven who were in my, my mother, they're looking down and saying, Michael, how could you? I'll be right back. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So we can do the, the politics. Anyone could do that. I mean, I do it my own way. You know, UK terrorists, uh, Obama, the uh, spending maniac. Senator Conrad, a Democrat, North Dakota, said that people who don't believe in civilian trials for terror should go somewhere else. We should leave the country. You believe what these communist leftists have become? We should leave the country because they believe in communism. Don't even call me on that. That's why I'd rather talk. Yeah. Ahmadinejad, the Hitler of our time, listen to this. He says the U.S. and Israel don't have the courage to attack Iran. He says this in Brazil. Maybe he's right. Maybe he is right. Maybe it's all over. So we may as well just talk about how to uh, cook a chicken or a turkey. Chicago, Yosef, you're on the Savage Nation. Topic, please. Uh, you were talking about turkeys and salt them. Does that pertain also to kosher turkeys? Well, yes. In other words, even if the turkey is kosher, it doesn't matter. It is still subject to bacterial growth, and it must also be pre-prepared with a salting methodology in your in your kitchen sink prior to cooking it. Ah, thank you for clearing that up. I also thought I was listening to the Jackie Mason uh, radio show. Well, you were, and you're listening to me. That's all. Virginia Beach, John, you're on the Savage Nation. Yeah, what I do with my turkeys is I take a little bit of melted butter and I just rub it on the meat under the skin all over the turkey and that actually bases it itself while it's cooking. Well, that's okay if you eat butter. I don't eat butter because I'm, I've been on a low-fat diet for 30 years so and I don't, I've reached the point where I don't even like the taste of it. If you love it and you're not worried about high-fat, high-saturated diets, that's a good way to do it. I don't enjoy the taste of it. Secondly, the meat itself is so flavorful that if you preserve the heat properly, which we haven't even gotten to, the bird's not going to lose its flavor and its juiciness, by the way. There's many ways to do it. You want me to do this? You want me to do the news? What would you like me to do today? Anything you'd like me to do, I'll do. Not one caller out of a major city. I'm getting like, you know, Yokel, Texas, Crackpot, Arkansas. I'm joking. I'm joking with you. Come on, you can take it. You're a big guy. You can take it. Global warming. I spent an hour and a half on it yesterday. 
It's a fraud. I love this lunatic. An actor goes on Fox News and starts screaming that you have no right to talk about it unless you have a Ph.D. So I have a Ph.D. So he'll say, well, it's not in, a, in the climate field. Well, it certainly is not in the news. That's for sure. I would say I know how to read scientific data, Ed. Unbelievable to me. They tell me to go to Na- Nature magazine and Science magazine. They're all politicized, these magazines. They're all politicized. I'm giving you methods for uh, ridding your bird of bacteria. I'm talking about turkey, of course. Ridding your bird of bacteria prior to uh, preparing it for the oven, prior to insertion in the oven. I don't mean to make this so laden with uh, with uh, innuendo, but the fact of the matter is everything is, this, you know, Freud was right. By the time you're five, it's done. Freud said, I remember when I was reading him when I was young, that you are who you are at five. I remember I didn't like that when I first read it at 16. I didn't like who I was at five. And I used to... <laughs> So, so I am who I am at five, so why bother growing up? I mean, what do you mean you are who you are at five? You can change yourself. He meant in certain fundamental ways. In that sense, he was right, you know. Anyway, let's move on to the turkey here. I'm not going to do much politics because the stories are so depressing. They are so sickening and so depressing. We have King Ludwig II in the White House. King Ludwig was the king of Bavaria, the young king who inherited the throne. He bankrupted the Bavarian nation. Okay, this is what we have here, the King Ludwig Syndrome. Mark it down, you heard it first here. I'm sure the Hem will get a blackboard out tomorrow with a picture of, uh, of Schloss and Schiemsee. <laughs> Ann Arbor, Michigan. Joe, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Hey, Michael, of all the things I have to be thankful for on uh, Thanksgiving, your show is in the top few. Thank you. God bless you for saying that. It makes my day. Yeah, I'll be sending you my blessings as I'm enjoying my feast tomorrow. But I was curious if you're doing any special meal for Teddy. <laughs> God, I knew. All right, let me explain. This morning as I was brining the turkey, getting ready to cook it tomorrow, I pulled out the giblets, right? And I separated them out, cleaned them, blah, blah, blah. But I threw them all into a pot, a soup pot. And I decided I would make them for the dog today, the dogs today. In other words, I'd, I'd, I'd boil them in a, in a low boil cool them off and give them in their in their regular meal some of the you know the chicken heart the turkey heart the turkey this the turkey that i gotta admit something to you joe if i may i ate most of it myself before i gave it to the dog those are my favorite parts of the bird hey i uh i got a 22 pound cat and i give him the same thing <laughs> i just love there's a per- certain part of the giblets i don't know what part i think it's the the, the cloaca i'm not sure what it is it's uh Without getting specific, it is so delicious. The little dog that I have, the little I have one who's like a, a movie star dog, like a circus animal teddy. Then he has, you know how some thoroughbred horses have a goat in the stall to entertain it, to keep it calm? Teddy has a two-pound friend. She's like, I, I think she was retarded, let's be honest. She learns nothing. It took her two years to learn how to even mimic him. She, it's sad, yeah. She's a two-pound poodle, but very slow. But you come to love her just as much as the others somewhat. Uh, I even gave her a little bit of it, too. She got the turkey heart. Teddy got the turkey uh, something else. Look what I'm talking about. A Ph.D., 50 years of education, 25 books on how to cook a turkey. You know what? So what? So what? It's a big part of life. I mean, look, what? big deal. We could have gone to a restaurant. What does it mean? What does another restaurant meal mean? That's the whole point. I evaluated already with the family. I said, why? What are we going to do? I mean, there have been years we've gone to a hotel and enjoyed it very much. There are years we've gone to a restaurant and enjoyed it. But I grew up in a home where my mother, God rest her soul, loved to cook, and she had family over on these holidays. Twenty people in a small, narrow, 20-foot house. 
that you could hardly move around the dining table without emasculating yourself. You'd have to you'd have to bend over backwards to avoid, you know, eviscerating your innards. And there was food everywhere you turned in the little entranceway. There were everywhere, chop this and that, pickle that. So I enjoy the doing the same, even though it's a small family. And uh, sure, it's no big deal on the one hand. On the other hand, when the house is uh, emanating the odor of cooking, it's a different house. You know, do I have to make the obvious point? How many beautiful homes are there in America with $3 million kitchens? The stove has never been turned on. Can you explain that to me? They have the most expensive stove, a wolf range that if you put a hippopotamus's leg in there, it would cook it within 30 minutes in a perfect manner at 12,000 degrees, never turned on. Either they get takeout or they go out. Or they're not even in the house. It's one of the trophy homes. That's fine. Okay. Um, I even had a strange one. Here's something funny. My oven consistently takes too long, to, longer than it should to cook things. I've always known it was not calibrated properly. I've had it for 10 years, right? I forget the brand, one of the major American, like a Whirlpool in the... And, you know, we called a guy, and he came out yesterday, and he recalibrated it. I was right. It was off by 20 degrees. I always had to turn it up because it would never cook in time. And you can't believe how, it, how a 20-degree difference will change your cooking time. It's amazing to me. Now I'm really getting into this. Now you want to get into What are you going to serve with your turkey? Now here comes the real fun part. Mrs. S. has always made homemade cranberry sauce when the children were young. It takes forever. You have to buy real cranberries. You have to boil the cranberries. And instead of adding sugar, we added honey. Then you add this, then you add that, and it comes out amazing. And it's not sugary where you can puke from it. We don't buy the gelled cranberry. Remember that? Remember the scare 20 years ago? Cancer from cranberries? That crackpot? You would have had to eat the entire state of Maine's cranberry supply to get possibly increase your risk of cancer by a quarter of a percent. And so, therefore, we have the cranberry, then the stuffing has to be made right, then the side dishes. What are you doing for a side dish? Okay, what am I doing? There's nothing better than a, a baked sweet potato, nothing in the whole world. Nutritious, the dogs love them, they're full of vitamin uh, A, beta carotene, much better than a regular spud. I mean, I love regular potatoes, but the sweet potatoes are a different universe. Look at the Fijians, the years I lived in the islands, what they lived on, sweet potatoes, yams, uh, 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 all of these root crops. Men who eat root crops are like iron. Did you know that little secret? You know, I once wrote a book, many books on, on nutrition years ago, but I did an analysis of societies and the types of food they ate. This has never been studied properly. But men who are made of iron in uh, more traditional cultures generally eat a high amount of of root crops in their diet, whether it's, uh, as I said to you, the yams or the, uh, what's the other one, the Fijians and all the South Pacific Islanders eat? I, I can't even remember right now. Taro root, taro root. I love taro root. It's very hard to cook because you have to cook, cook the oxalic uh, crystals out of it by first you boil it, then you throw the water away, then you boil it again and throw the water away. It's forever. But they learned to do that over the years. But taro root, the men are made of uh, sheer muscle. And taro is the staple of the, of, the, of the food, the food staple. But if you want to toughen your body, you shift over to, to root crops to a certain extent, you're going to find your strength increasing. There's a number of reasons for it if you want to get into some boring details. Think about it. A root crop grows under the soil, right? What is that, is that root crop exposed to? It's exposed to all sorts of microbes under the soil. Could you live under the soil? Of course not. Of course, that's where you're going, but you can't live under there. That's why they put you there when you're dead. But the point is... Uh, in order to protect itself against the uh, the microbes, 
the root crop is filled with natural antifungal agents. And so therefore, since we're living in an age of, uh, of paranoia about microbial illness and microbes and this and that, especially fungal illnesses, everyone's afraid of fungal illnesses, uh, airborne fungal particles, uh, you talk about black mold in houses, it could be that you would want to augment your diet with more root crops on a regular basis. So that's another thing. So what I do, to make a long story short, is make a, in the lower oven a baking pan with uh, uh, sweet potatoes uh, and, uh, you know, the, the seasonal, the seasonable uh, hard vegetables of this time, I forget the squash, the other little uh, pumpkin-like things that the Indians, uh, and you throw in and blah, 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 you put some olive oil on it, and it's unbelievable. I also throw in some whole garlic, the entire garlic clove, not a clove, the, the head. By the way, if you're into garlic, I mean, there's no reason you can't stuff the bird's cavity with oranges and or garlic or just garlic. What is the flavor you like? That's the flavor you should put inside the cavity of the bird. And when the, as it cooks, it'll suffuse through, the, uh, through the, uh, the flesh, that's all. So it's not that complicated. Covering, now the question of whether to cover the, uh, the turkey while you're cooking it comes up. And there's various theories on it. You cover the top of the little piece of aluminum foil. You put a wet uh, uh, cloth on with the oil. There's all sorts of different tricks that people use. I have what you call a, one of those large... Uh, how do you describe them? They're a cooking thing. I don't even know what you call them. I bought it years ago because it, it grew up with one of those things. It's like looks like a flower pot with a top on it. What would you call that, Beowulf? Like a, a like a loom, like a you know whatever. You put the animal in it and you cover the whole top and you cook it inside this closed pot. The thing basically comes out like a dream in the upper oven and the lower oven. And make sure you drink a lot. You know. The thing to do that you have to know about cooking is one of the main reasons to cook is you get to drink a lot more. And by the time you're halfway through it, you don't know what you're doing. And by the time you're finished, everything tastes good. So that's the key to cooking at home. <laughs> that's the, number. the second reason. I'm going to drink. What am I going to drink with the bird? That's another thing. Whatever you like is the answer. There's no book on this. Someone's asking me what wine here. Chicago, Sean, go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. Michael, thank you for taking my call. I do understand that with wines it is what you like, but I just wanted to get your opinion on, I mean, would it be a... All right, the, the truth is, is that turkey is a, is a uniquely flavored bird, and I can get into the chemistry of it. It's, the flesh of turkey is, ex, is especially rich in tryptophan, which is a, a sleep-inducing amino acid. People don't know that that's why they get especially drowsy after a turkey meal. They say it's just from e eating too much. They don't realize it has to do a lot with the tryptophan, which is a, a sedative, a natural sedative. I want you to, to know that going in. Turkey's a very, very sedating uh, um, meat. People don't know this. I don't think anyone's ever heard this before. I, I said it once 10 years ago. But let's get down to brass tacks. If you drink red wine in general, I think red wine overpowers turkey in flavor and in density. I would definitely suggest a light white wine. I'm going to drink New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, particularly Marlboro from Marlboro, New Zealand. It's my current favorite right now. Uh, it's very hard to find. I'm not even going to tell you where because you can't get it anywhere. But I like New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs. They're a little on the fruity side, but uh, I think they're perfect with turkey. Or any any uh, Sauvignon Blanc from Napa Valley, Sonoma, you know, any California Sauvignon Blanc. Not to diminish what we make out here in California, but many of the wines are very, very good. I happen to like the New Zealand flavors more because they're a little more lemony. I like the lemony flavor, okay? Tucson, Arizona. Larry, you're up on the Savage Nation. What's up? 
Hey, nice to talk to you. I hope to meet you someday. I've always listened to you either on AM or FM whenever I get the chance. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk to you about t- cooking a turkey upside down, with the, with the breast down first. Why? Why do you do that? What's the first thing that cooks on a turkey when you put it in the oven? I don't know. What's the first thing that cooks on a, The breast usually cooks. It's the top where all the heat is exposed to the breast. So the breast comes out drier than you might want it to be. Right. Well, that no, but I cook it in a closed cooking container in the oven. You know, where the juices continue, the, the steam rotates around in it, and the flavor stays in it. I don't know the name of the item I'm talking about. It's basically a small Dutch oven that I put it in inside the oven. You know what I mean? My grandmother used to, in Michigan, God bless her soul, used to cook one in a big uh, electric oven. And uh, they would have a closed top. And she did all hers in a closed oven. Like I that. see. Well, no, my oven, of course, yeah. I believe is an electric oven, but I put the animal inside a container in the oven, so it pre- preserves the uh, the uh, the juices, so to speak. Now we could do politics if you wish. What are you thankful for this year? <laughs> I got to tell you something. You know, there's a lot to be said for saying thanks. There's something about it that humbles you, and it reminds you how bad things could be. If you don't remember what to be thankful for, what do you? I don't know how you could ever have a minute's peace if you can't be thankful for anything. I mean, so many of us are, are so wealthy, in, in the, even in these times, and many of us don't even know how to say thank you. You say, well, who do you say thanks to? Well, if you're an atheist, I don't know. I can't answer your question. If you're a Democrat, you can thank Obama because the reason you have a lot to be thankful for is because he robbed us taxpayers to put money in your pocket. I can understand who you'd thank. you thank Obama the saint. But if you're a normal person... You know, you have to thank God. What do you think the blessing at a table is for, whether it be the original Jewish blessing or the Christian blessing? Why do they thank God? Because it reminds you where it comes from. Think of the prayer over bread. The Jewish prayer over bread is very interesting, where you say, thank you, God, for giving us the wheat of the land that we may have this bread. Now, it brings you all the way back to the basics. Why? Because there were times that there was no wheat in the land. There are people on earth who do not have wheat in their land. They have drought in their land, and they are eating insects. So if you remember all these things, and you remember how the humble grass known as wheat has provided you with the basis for the staples that you have on the table, it reduces all of the craziness in your life to something that you can be thankful for, even a morsel of bread. Because if you think back in your ancestry, I don't care what your ethnic background is, you don't have to go back too many generations to realize that there was somebody... In your past, and I don't mean a million years ago, who probably was near starvation most of their life. I know it's hard for you to realize this as an American. It's almost crazy to think about that. But if you can personalize it in that manner, then even the most humble piece of bread becomes significant. Now you say, well, am I making it up? No, no, I am not because I actually try to do it every time I have a bite. I kind of remember what it must be like for people who are starving somewhere on earth, uh, and or what it was like for one of my ancestors to be living on either meager rations or or starving uh, to death altogether. Okay, so we'll be right back. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. There are 50 ways to do a turkey, okay? Just as I told you, there's 50 varieties of socialism. So there's 50 ways to do it. You can hardly fail with it. The main element I wanted to get across today on the show is 
that most people do know how to cook a turkey and they do it their own way and it comes out fine. But I'm trying to avoid food contamination because most of you don't know how to brine the turkey in a simple manner prior to cooking it. And that's what I try to explain to you. I took it out of my package this morning. I brined it this morning and uh, dried it and put it back in the refrigerator for cooking tomorrow. Now, notice I didn't say I defrosted it. It was fresh. So you don't want to defrost it and refrigerate. Don't get me wrong. All I'm saying is you brine it. You soak the thing with salt. Kosher salt is preferred. Inside, outside. Let the salt sit on the bird for two minutes, a minute or two. That's all you need. Let the salt literally touch the skin and touch the cavity. Then use the cold water spray with the, if you got the, the shower top on it, the little thing that makes it like a shower. Get everywhere, blah, 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 in and out. Dry it. Put some oranges into the cavity if you're going to wait until tomorrow. You want to salt it a little bit, tiny bit if you want. You can. Put it back into the refrigerator and you're ready to go. And tomorrow is the easiest time is tomorrow. You set the oven low, three and a quarter. You uh, put the turkey inside the oven. Again, you can put butter on the uh, breast. You can put non-virgin olive oil on the breast. Don't use the virgin oil because it'll burn. You can put a little smart balance type substance if you want. And you roast it if it's a 12 to 14 pounder for three hours. There's nothing to it. Get a meat thermometer today. Put it into the thickest part of the thigh. When it registers 175 to 180, there you go. Just pull it out and let it sit for a while before you start uh, cutting it, okay? Most people will tell you don't cover a roasting turkey. Why? You want the skin to be crisp and brown. Every child likes the skin more than anything else. Yes? And on the other hand, you don't want it to brown too quickly because it'll burn. And if that starts to happen, if you see it going on, cover the brown parts loosely with aluminum foil. Try to cover the bird as little as possible so you don't create steam. You don't want to steam it. That's a different thing, okay? There's many different ways to do it. And ethnic groups that are celebrating the American holiday, if they're Asian, they usually use soy sauce on the on the bird. See, so whatever your ethnic background is, you're going to change it according to your taste and your needs. There's no firm way to do this. This is an invented American holiday like all holidays. That's all it is. All holidays are creations of mankind. And in 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 the sense that they are, mankind adjusts the holidays according to his needs. So there it is. There's nothing more to it. We could do politics in the next hour, old rock and roll. I could tell you about Dr. Pharmacist and his short foot. I can read your children's stories. New York Welcome to the Savage Nation. Uh, Ham is your name, Hemo? Hemo, Hemo. Yes, Hemo, what's on your mind? Hi, Dr. Savage. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, ma'am. I want to let you know that um, my daughter, who is 14 years old, and my husband are dedicated listeners to you. Thank you. And how do you cook your turkey in 20 seconds or less? I just marinate, I just uh, boil water with ginger and soy sauce. No, that's fine. It gives it the flavor that you like. That's what I'm saying. It's a very subjective thing. Now, I hope your daughter eats anything. Is not one of those children who says, I, eat not, I don't eat anything with a face. She eats the turkey? The answer to that is eat the steak, idiot. It has no face on it. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. We have Obama, who is the King Ludwig II of our time. Look him up. I guarantee you the Google search for for uh, King Ludwig is going to go through the roof since I started mentioning it. He, when I was younger, I became fascinated by various figures, and one of the 
earliest, when well, well, not one of the earliest, when I was 18, 19, I was writing essays for magazines. One of the one of the characters I became uh, infatuated with as a topic or interested in was King Ludwig II of Bavaria. He was a very young, immature, inexperienced prince who was made king of Bavaria, and he chose to aggrandize himself in the following way. He duplicated the Palace of Versailles at, at his castle in one of the lakes in Bavaria, including the Hall of Mirrors. He bankrupted the Bavarian treasury in his madness, and people have talked about it, the madness of King Ludwig. I believe that Obama is very much like King Ludwig in some ways. Certainly there's not a direct comparison, but there is a comparison. There is a comparison. That's why I'd rather talk about turkey recipes than anything else. So whatever you want to talk about, whatever topics have attracted your attention today, there are political, you know, the family, the political. I can tell you stories. I can talk about childhood stuff. But I've done this before. Maybe I'm tired of it. 1-800-449-8255. MichaelSavage.com. Number of troubled banks rises to 552. You want to talk about, hey, let me ask you something. Isn't it all psychological? When Obama took office, we were told that we had a, a, a meltdown of the economic system worse than since the last depression. Now, how is it that we're supposedly out of the recovery when the job creation has turned out to be fraudulent? The number of jobs created by the Obama people turn out to be invented the same way global warming data has been fudged by the leading proponents of global warming because they, they, they benefit the most by the grants, etc., why should we believe that the, that the economy is better? Why is the economy better? Based on what? Well, if it's better, if things are moving again, God bless whoever did it, then it's just based on psychology. So, in other words, they freaked you out by saying the economy is the worst since the Depression, give us extraordinary powers, and we'll fix it. And what they did was is they robbed a trillion dollars and dispersed some of it only to their friends. None of it has trickled down. What we have is trickle-up poverty, a phrase I coined during the campaign. It is trickle-up poverty. What they're doing is they're making more people at the top poorer, in plain English. New York City, Georgia, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Hello? That's yes, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, I wanted to... I'm thankful this year is for what I've got with my family, my wife, um, getting it... But, you know. All right, thanks for the call. And I, that's sort of something you should do privately uh, at a table. You know, all right, look, it's radio. You expect anything happens. Dollar hits 15-month low. 15-month low. Well, I thought it went up yesterday. I read that it was a safe haven all of us. That went down again. Gold rises to record on falling dollar. Dollar hits low on the on a rising dollar. Well, who knows? I got my money in T-bills. The few dollars I have is in T-bills. And yes, I did give away, I gave a gift yesterday. I do give things at Thanksgiving, you feel better giving. You got to give something to somebody, don't you? I made some donations this morning. I threw a pizza into the, an uncooked pizza into the bay for the seagulls. You say that's silly. That's being comedic in the political arena. I don't know, there's something about feeding wild animals. It was a pizza, I bought one of the like pre-made, like a goat cheese pizza that I like once in a while. And uh, I didn't. The date was out on it. All right, so they killed me. That I called Peter. I gave it a one or two day out on the date. I wasn't going to eat it over the next weekend, so I unwrapped it and I threw it in the bay. You should see the birds. There were no birds around. I knew they'd swoop down within. I counted around 30 seconds. I have some eyes on them. 
the birds. I don't know what they eat. Wow. They come swooping in. The guy looked at it, and he did a dive at it. He ran, You know, he lucked out because he thought it was a plain piece of dough, but it had cheese on it because, you know, the pizza. And he got his protein. He got his carbs. He had some vegetables. That Boy, that seagull lucked out today. But here we are sitting in, in America watching the, the world go around, and we ask ourselves, how does this man get away with it? How? How does a man who is so obviously insecure and so obviously frightened of the job, why do I say he's frightened of the job? The man is now surrounding himself with his wife and Oprah Winfrey. He's running to cover behind mommy because he knows that people don't like him anymore because his ratings are sliding. So now psychologically I'm doing Obama on the couch because we do this for every president. We, the American people, have the right to do it. And we're not tr- I'm not trying to do it in an in a undignified fashion, but the man has problems. And one of them is insecurity. And this is not good for us because he wants to please everyone except the American patriot. He wants to please every dictator on earth. He wants to please fraudulent scientists in Copenhagen. will tap him on the back and say, good boy, good boy. You're good. You're right on climate change. Yeah, good. You did the right thing. When it just came out that it was all fraudulent, the data was all cooked. You're going to make your prayer over the Thanksgiving, even if you don't pray. You're going to see how it changes your, your view of the world. You know, you try that. You want to see how you want to see what you want to make people uncomfortable at Thanksgiving, especially if you live in one of the porn belts of America, not the corn belts, but the porn belts. You have a group over and you say, before we begin dinner, they think that you know you could do the glass tapping. They think you're going to make a boring speech. About your daughter-in-law? No. Say, I'd like to do something different tonight. I'd like to thank God for all that we have at this table. Watch what happens at the table if they're not religious. Just watch what happens. They get embarrassed. They start, they don't know, what, is she crazy? What, she fine Lauren? Are she nuts? You want to make them nuts? Say, I'd like to thank God for everything we have today. Can we all please join God in saying thank you for all that we have for the bounty on the table? Watch and see. You're going to see something happen at that table. You're going to see that those who go along with you are generally conservative, and those who get the most offended are usually the atheistic, anti-American liberal. So you see, you can see the whole world even through a turkey, incidentally. Do you ever have a fantasy of running away from it all and never being heard from again? Have you ever had that fantasy? As a child, everyone thinks of joining the circus. I'm not thinking of joining the circus. I'm telling you, I'm in the circus. This is the circus. The media is the American circus. Make, make no mistake about it. Anyone in the media is in the American circus. It doesn't matter who they are, me, you, or the other guy. It doesn't matter. But when you have a guy at such a level of uh, uh, incompetence in the White House, surrounded by fraud artists like this, it makes you just throw up your hands and say there's no point in talking about it because there's no opposition party. There's no opposition party. At least if you have a two-party system, you have some some outcry, you have some capacity to argue with them but how do you explain that emails are hacked it's discovered definitively that all of the most hysterical proponents of global warming were faking the data and ridding anyone uh, driving anyone out of the uh, scientific uh, establishment who who ridiculed them or rather rather who even challenged them and the major media will not even report these hacked emails and then you have a president who is about to go from genuflecting in in asia to going to Copenhagen, where he'll be slapped on the back and said, good man, you're great, yeah, great, we're going to lower the carbon by 17%, great. Well, okay, that'll wreck the economy for the next century. 
This is the greatest scandal in modern science. It's being called Climate Gate. And we have a president who is going to the UN climate meeting filled with the biggest fraud artists on the planet. I'll be right back. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Now, if the talk at Turkey Day turns to global warming and the fantasy thereof, you've got to understand what has happened this week. There has been a revelation that has been all over the blogosphere on Monday night. And the corporations that run the media are behind the blogosphere, meaning way behind them. I don't mean behind the blogosphere. They're, they're not up to the blogosphere's investigative powers. And what they're trying to do is cover up the skepticism about global warming by repeating the big lie over and over again. And i got to remind you of something. That the best article, well, there's so many best articles written about this. You can choose from amongst many. But one of them I've linked up on michaelsavage.com from England, Gerald Warner, about this climate change uh, uh, fraud. And I want to read you one paragraph. He writes, Man-made global warming is not science, but a religious cult. It is the 21st century's equivalent of the fifth monarchy man and the the Countess of Huntington's connection. Only a massive collaboration between governments anxious to extend state power, scientists with their mouths clamped, to the IPC and entrepreneurs eager to make billions has enabled a superstition to be imposed on the world that will wreck developed nations economies impoverish developing countries and kill their populations and rape the landscape of Europe the majority of people now reject this nonsense media organizations like the BBC have betrayed truth and objectivity on this as so many other issues so should not be surprised if the public abandons them for open debate online. And that's what's going on. We understand that the clowns behind this have had their cover blown. We understand that they have been found out. They have the nerve now to say that in their emails when they said trick, trick the data, that they really didn't mean that they were tricking the data, that it's a scientific name for a mathematical process. Can you believe this? Can you believe that these fraudulent scientists are saying that when they said in their emails we're going to trick people with the data, they were just referring to a mathematical uh, uh, implementation, something called a trick. That's rubbish. They should be arrested. All of their assets should be seized. They should pay back every dime that they have collected from the public on this massive fraud. And Al Gore should be arrested. He should be indicted. He should be tried for fraud. If we lived in just times and we had a just government... Not only would there be public hearings on the fraud of global, of global warming, where let both sides be heard. Let the 1,500 legitimate scientists who debate, who, who are skeptical of this lie, have their say as well. Don't say that the science is in. As I told you yesterday, there's not a fact on earth where the science is not still debated. Virtually, virtually all of science is open to debate. That's right. Virtually all of science is open to debate, except when it comes to the myth of global warming. And the fanatics in this, the religious fanatics in this sphere, are so adamant in saying the science is in and no one disagrees except those paid uh, by the oil companies. It's utter rubbish. It's those paid for by uh, corporations that are going to benefit by this. Those receiving giant grants to prove this myth, they're the ones who should be challenged. So read the data for yourself. Read the emails and, and just wring your hands and say, how in the world could people be tricked by this? How in the world can people 
go on and on and on. Is there no self-preservation instinct in Western man anymore? Is there no instinct for self-preservation left in Western man anymore? It's all a crock. It is all a crock, and it's a bunch of complete and total gangsters in this global warming corporate world. And make no mistake about it. The blogosphere is alive and well with the data on this. I can cite 10, 20, 30, 40 peer-reviewed articles that say there is no global man-induced global warming. 30, 40, 50 or more. I can show you them if you want them, if you really want to see them. But don't tell me that there are no peer-reviewed articles like that crackpot who went on Fox News. Don't tell me that. There are at least 50 to 150 such articles. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. We've primarily been talking about how to cook a turkey. As Obama cooks the nation, we're talking about how to cook a turkey on the Savage Nation. 1-800-449-8255. San Diego, California. We have a caller named Jose. Welcome to the program. Jose, what's on your mind? Uh, the uh, two comments I have to make, uh, Mr. Savage, is uh, you would think that the, the uh, climatologists that were so concerned about the Mother Earth having a, a fever, that uh, they would be uh, quite happy now to find out that uh, all the information was uh, false. Yes, uh, in other words, if, if I hear what you're saying. In other words, if their real concern was with the health of Mother Earth, they should celebrate by saying we found that the doctor was a crank, a crackpot and that the, his thermometer was broken, we can rest easy now. But instead, they're digging the heels in and saying, even though you're saying his thermometer was rigged and he's a crank who was in it for the money, we don't care. We want to believe that Mother Earth has a fever because we're committed to it. That's correct. That's correct. No, it's a very interesting way of looking at things, Jose. And it shows you that they're fraudulent scientists because a real scientist would say, all right, maybe they're right. Maybe the skeptics have something there. Let's open it up to debate. Let's get the climatologists, the others who know something about this, in an open debate. Let's debate for a year around the world in forums and all of the uh, uh, nations committed to this before we rush to judgment. Wouldn't that be reasonable, Jose? Uh, it, well, uh, being a concerned parent, uh, if, if, uh, if I was concerned about the well-being of my children, then uh, whatever the diagnosis is, uh, if it came out positive that uh, my child is actually healthy, I would certainly be in celebration of that. So the, the same viral wackos that are out there that were concerned about our, our Earth, uh, they should be the jumping for joy and doing backflips. You know, it reminds me of the syndrome noted, no, no, called um, uh, Munchausen by proxy syndrome, where a, generally a mother could be a father. Munchausen by proxy syndrome is where a mother makes a child sick in order to have this sick child dependent upon her for a long period of time. I would say that this Munchausen by proxy syndrome applies to the global warming uh, gangsters. The global warming hysterics have, in essence, created a Munchausen by proxy warming scenario in order to have a sick globe that they could profit from. Unreal. Jose, listen, stay on the line because you've helped me with a new phrase. I'm sending you a free copy of my wonderful book, Band in Britain, which will probably be sold out by Sunday. I really don't know what happens if people buy books. I forgot it from the past, but I want you to have one of the rare first edition first printing. 
uh, copies of Band in Britain by Michael Savage. Stay on the line. Free copy going out to you. I'm going to go out on my boat, I think, this after the, I, the turkey. I like to take the turkey to the boat and eat it on the boat, but we're not going to do that. could do it on the boat. I have a, uh, it's a mess, but I have a, uh, a micro, actually, it's a dual oven on this boat. It has a microwave, and it has a, one of the other, I made an interesting thing on it the other day. I was out on it last two weeks ago. I made Texas toast. I never heard of such a thing. It's a it's a wonderful um, uh, microwave oven that's also another kind of... I forget the name of it. What do you call the other ovens that you need? I don't know, whatever. Uh, inversion, inverter, inversion oven or something like that, whatever. And I didn't have a toaster on the boat, and I like a toasted bagel on the boat for some reason. And I, I found a recipe. It's a Texas toast. I never heard of such a thing. Then the, the, the things are so good. It says remove, put in a ceramic tray. I did what it said, the computer. I put the bagel in, and presto, and what got through it came out of the toast. It was perfect. The dogs love toast. Of course, it gets all over everything. Anyway, I went to the boat this morning. I had new canvas made, and the woman put it on. She surprised me without calling on the windshield. I had new white canvas put on. It looks like a new, like a, like a bib on the... <laughs> you don't believe how nice canvas looks on a boat, new white canvas. Going to go out to sea tomorrow. Hey, play some Billy Bones for me. That's what I'm in the mood for. Some of that maudlin Billy Bones, seafaring music. You guys can dig that up for me? Where they bury him? I like the one with the burying, the burial shroud. March me along, march me along, ho, 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 march me along. That's like ho, ho, ho and a bottle of rum kind of stuff. 1-800-449-8255. New York City. Jerry, welcome to the program. I can't believe what you're about to say. I see it on the board. Go ahead. No, I'm saying you're completely wrong about Obama and Ludwig, because Ludwig left such beauty behind. People <laughs> there, they're online to see his castles. What's the bottom <laughs> of this? No, you, you got me there. At least Ludwig did something with his madness. That's right. Look at the beauty. I mean, look at those castles. People go from all over the world to see them. Have you seen his schloss on the lake? Yes, yes. You have. You've been in the, you've been in the duplicate, the Hall of Mirrors? It's just a study, because my father was uh, stationed in Germany. Jerry, I tell you the truth. I was obsessed with King Ludwig when I was young and wrote an article for him for Esquire, and they rejected it. I still have the article somewhere, but I I saw pictures of the the, uh, castle he built. I could not believe this. But he bankrupted Bavaria uh, because he was another narcissist in love with himself. Jerry, thanks for that call from New York City. That's that's good. See, my callers are good. When they're good, they're good. When they're good, they're good. Portland, Oregon. Max, you're up in the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Uh, Galileo had the same sort of problem that we have today with global warming. He, uh, The prevailing idea back then about the solar system was that it was geocentric, that everything centered around the Earth and the solar system. Mm. Today we have an idea that man is... The, the cause of everything. <laughs> and uh, both You know, wait, it's very interesting how these retrograde prehistoric minds like Gores and the fraudsters in the global warming hysterical field are very much like the flat earthers. Or more, more specifically to the, to the school of thought that you're reflecting that the, the, the universe spins around the earth. That's, that's right. And uh, Galileo could prove that it was heliocentric. He could prove it. 
But, uh, yeah, but wait, he could prove it. And what did they do to Galileo when he upset the apple cart of of, of established uh, knowledge? Executed him, or if he took the hemlock, it was one of the two. No, no, they no. Galileo was was uh, not given hemlock. That was uh, that was the ancient Greek. Uh, he 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 was put in. He was put into a. a I believe he was locked up in a, a tower. Galileo was uh, excommunicated and put in a tower for being an essence in essence a heretic. So look, I you know I'm an outsider, Max, and I've always been a skeptic in any endeavor I've gone into because I think I think skepticism is very healthy. Truthfully, I'm a skeptic on, on many issues, and uh, I'm a political skeptic when you think about it. It's why I'm an outsider, not permitted on television, because I'm skeptical of both sides, and therefore I'm the most dangerous kind of mind that they could possibly have. I'm skeptical of the newscasters themselves. But Galileo is a very apt description. Very, very true. Yep, one of my listeners said it's a convection oven. Thank you, Miss L.M. Thank you, it is a convection oven. This woman listens to me in New York. I have my listeners. They bailed me out. Convection oven. A convection oven. It's amazing how it makes Texas toast. I even like making Texas toast on a boat. My favorite sandwich on a boat when it's cold in the San Francisco Bay. Let's say I go out on a sunny day and it's cold. I don't eat it much anymore because I'm off dairy. I have been for six months and all of my minor arthritic pains went away. I got to tell you right now, greatest, amazing, amazing, amazing. You can't believe it. Last December, I was in Cancun. I could hardly walk. I have pictures of me on the beach. My son was holding me up like an old an old guy. I swear to God, I was limping. My right arch was killing me, and I thought it was old day. It isn't. I'm not that old. I kicked dairy, got off dairy. See, I had forgotten my own writings of 30 years ago. I gave up dairy because, first of all, I've always had a lactase deficiency. I've always been allergic to lactose-based products. And within a few weeks, all of my minor arthritic pains went away. My left hand would lock up like a claw. Would you believe it? I can eat one piece of cheese and my hand reacts immediately and my foot is achy in the morning. It's amazing to me. I'm not saying it's for you. It's just I am not made for dairy. And it's better, too. I've lost a a bit of weight as a result. Yep, it is true. I tell us to some. I can't do this on the air. I start thinking about my body. I can't do that because then it starts to make me remind me of Oh, Lord, help us all. Help us all. 1-800-5-DID-SO. We did turkey recipes. We roasted the uh, president a little bit. We roasted the fraudulent scientists. Al Gore is nowhere to be found with the discovery of the emails. Notice Al Gore is no longer being given. You can't find him. He's not giving speeches anymore. How does he get away with this? Missouri, Stephanie, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Michael, could you tell me what the traditional dishes are t- on tomorrow's Savage menu? Oh, the standard. I do the turkey. I do a sweet potato, uh, the stuffing, the regular cranberry sauce made from real cranberries and some honey and, and lemon rather than in the can. And then, of course, uh, whatever, whatever. Oh, a roast tray of the sweet potatoes uh, and uh, squash and some of the other uh, vegetables of the season. That's about it. I'm sorry? What about the pies? Do you have... Okay. No, I, I'm not a sugar eater, Stephanie. I have not had dessert in many, many decades. It's one of the things I do. I deny myself because I don't handle sweets well. I never eat sugary foods. Never. It's one of the things I've avoided for 30 years. I grew up, I had migraine headaches as a kid. I don't want to go into it. I'll start to sound like a complainer. And I wound up when I was 18 reading a lot of books. And the first health book I ever read was called... Zen Macrobiotics by George Osawa. Would you believe it? 
and it was the first time I read a theory on diet that that showed diet could be related to to illness. I had no idea that food had anything to do with health, because in, in truthfully, in the culture that I was raised, no food was seen as as uh, potentially causing any illness. Consequently, all the men died under the age of fifty. They were given the, the cardiotoxic diets from. from you know, I've done this before. It's not funny. It's it's pathetic. The ignorance is beyond belief. The uh, the when you think about it. I told you, my, 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 the savage childhood diet, if you were a, uh, an evil scientist, let's say of the type that, that fraud, frauded up uh, global warming, and you wanted to uh, study coronary heart disease, meaning atherosclerosis, and you wanted to see how rapidly you can occlude arteries, you would have raised them on the savage childhood diet, which usually consisted of a very, very fatty, sugary breakfast, some kind of meat and eggs in the morning with a jelly donut on the way to school, to cause and induce um, a hypoglycemic attack within 30 minutes where I'd fall asleep in the chair in packed in, in clothing that I could hardly move in in the winters, coupled with that diet. Then for lunch, something light, usually leftover meat from the night before. My mother gave me a sandwich, a meatloaf, something on the light side, a meatloaf sandwich. Then at night, another light dinner, usually steak and French fries, followed up by cherry vanilla ice cream. I'm not making this up. I mean, my mother, God bless her, thought she was doing something good for her son because they came from deprivation in the old country where food was scarce i suppose so they thought that the more uh, more food was better and the very famous picture which i've described on the show over the years i'm sure will be reenacted across america tomorrow and that is of the the relatives all of the male relatives sitting on the couch holding their stomachs after the meal going oh 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 now in those days of course they were allowed to open up their belt and let their stomach out today the kids would call the police so i don't think they even open the i don't even think the men are allowed to open their you see there is a wisdom to the to the dirty nightshirt in the middle east because you don't have a belt constraining the stomach there's nothing to open in other words you eat and you expand and you, you then it's whatever the nightshirt is good there's no reference to what you've just eaten now, of course, I've given you some ideas on how to brine a turkey prior to cooking it. Very important advice. You can do it with any chicken. You must do it. You must do it, particularly in an age of food contamination, especially in an age when people are kind of, uh, let's say, they don't know how to, how to prepare food properly. And I'm not blaming anybody. Your mother's gone. There's no grandmothers around in the houses anymore to teach you any of these things. And most of us eat in restaurants too often. And these old, simple tricks are very important. That's why I spent time on pre-preparing the bird. And so I hope you've enjoyed that. As far as cooking a turkey, it's, just, it's turkey soup, as they say. There's nothing to it. Just a few little tricks, and that's about it. And by the way, don't be afraid. Experiment. Each time could be different. You like garlic? Put garlic in the cavity. You like the smell of oranges? Put oranges in the cavity. You want to make the, the skin extra crisp? You could put orange juice on the on the skin toward the, the last hour of cooking. Thick orange juice, uh, frozen orange juice, and don't dilute it too much. My mother used to do that. You know, she'd do a modified uh, a, a duck de la orange. Uh, she'd do it on a chicken. It works fine. I, Mom, how do you make the, the turkey breast so so uh, crisp? Because kids love turkey skin. And today the children are maniacs. They've been frightened by the same groups that have uh, herded them into believing in global warming and the dying polar bears. They've been told to eat nothing with a face on it. it so they're emaciated. They're lacking essential enzymes and other essential nutrients. They can't think. They're depressed. 
And instead of giving them medication, why don't you just give them a, a, a hamburger once in a while? Almost force feed them a piece of a turkey. See if they don't feel better. Your daughter will feel better. She can kick the medicine she's on or give up the drugs if she'd eat meat for three days in a row. I know it's, oh, God, my daughter won't eat meat. She's too pure. She's too pure. Get back to me 3 o'clock in the morning. This is the thing. It's all a cover-up for a moral sin. The more morally deranged people are, the more purest they are about food I've come to understand. In, in, not in all cases, okay. It's not a generalization in that regard. But believe me, a lot of people who, oh, no, I don't touch meat. No, I don't eat, tar- I don't eat dairy. Huh? I don't touch meat. No, at night, they're sticking a needle in their arm. In the morning, there are there are lacto ovo vegetarians. They don't eat anything with a face. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about four hundred other episodes available for you to listen to, absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this: if you want to listen to my podcast ad free. Sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.